So great to have you with us on this Mother's Day. And um, we have a special guest that is with us today that's going to be speaking this morning. Her name is Christine Williamson. She is no stranger to Riverside. In fact, she's been coming here almost as long as we've been in town. And uh, she's come, of course, in the past with her husband, Ken. Uh, who went very suddenly to be with the Lord uh, just a number of months ago. And um, we're so thrilled that she agreed to come and uh, spend Mother's Day with us and to speak this morning. Uh, She will tell you God's been good to her, but we want her to know that we love her and that we're thrilled she's here today and that she gave her time to come. And uh, so I want you to welcome Christine Williamson as she comes to share the Word of God with us this morning. Thanks, John. Well, it's a great pleasure for me to be here today. And let me say, first of all, a huge thank you to Riverside Church here for your support and your kindness and your prayers over the last few months. All I can say as I reflect back is God is good. God is faithful. He never makes a mistake. And my hand is in his every single day and I have chosen to walk forward strengthened by him but you know it's made all the easier when you've got great friends not just at home but all around the world did you know we we belong to the greatest organization in the whole wide world the church of Jesus Christ there is nothing Nothing that beats it. You know, um, Pastor John invited me to come and speak, and I said to him, so just tell me something about your theme. And so he said, well, we're talking about broken families over these few weeks. And so it got me thinking, you know, I have to say, I am incredibly blessed. Um, My family is quite a small family. There's just sort of 10 of us in our immediate family. Myself, my two girls, my son-in-law, my granddaughter, my sister, brother-in-law, and their two children. And every single one of us is passionate for Jesus. So I'm one very blessed lady. Wasn't always like that. If I trace my family history back, both on my side and on Ken's side, there was a lot of brokenness. But today, we are a whole family because of what Jesus has done, and I rejoice in that. Before I get into my message, let me say, you know, being a mum, I absolutely love it. In fact, on Mother's Day this year, which, of course, in England was in March, so I've had two this year. Uh, On Mother's Day, all the girls in the family, we went for a special treat. We went to the Ritz for afternoon tea. Let me say to all you husbands out there, if you really want to spoil your wives, get them on a plane, take them to London, and take them to the Ritz for afternoon tea. (laughs) It's the best. (laughs) 
But you know, I've been a mum for almost 35 years now. But nearly four years ago, I became a grandma. And oh my goodness, I am enjoying this season so much. Have one little granddaughter. She will be four in July. And we're about to have our second. I told my daughter, hold on three more weeks till I get back. <laughs> because we're having the second grandchild. But you know, being a grandma is very different to being a mum. Because we stand at a distance, don't we? And we watch it all happen. So let me tell you a funny story. Macy decided a few weeks ago that uh, she was going to sneak a chocolate brownie into her bedroom. I don't quite know how she did it, but she did it. Got it into her bed and decided that she needed to cover up her sin somehow. And so she tried feeding the chocolate brownie to her dolly so that when she was found out, she could blame the doll. So she proceeded to eat the chocolate brownie in bed under the covers and feed it to the doll. And then she looked at the mess, thought, hmm, need to cover up a little bit more. So she got talcum powder. Talcum powder in the bed, trying to cover up the chocolate brownie that had gone everywhere. And mum and dad were outside the room thinking, what is she up to? Because she's actually pretty good at going to bed and going to sleep quickly, but they could hear her. So they went in, pulled the covers back, went, Macy, what have you been doing? I have no idea, she said. I have no idea. It's the baby. It was the baby. Don't you just love your grandkids? You see, I got that story over FaceTime, but I didn't have to clear up the mess. I just got to laugh at the story. So for those of you that are mums and dads, one day you'll get the blessing of being a grandparent and you'll just watch from a distance and laugh and enjoy. That's my latest fun story of being a grandma. I'm sure there'll be another one this afternoon when I FaceTime. But today I want to talk to you about a mum in scripture who came from a very, very broken situation. This family we're going to look at today, their broken situation had nothing to do with them. Have you ever faced brokenness and thought, this really isn't my fault? Well, I think that's what this lady felt. But I think God has put in Scripture certain characters to help bring to us. You know, some characters in the Bible don't even get a mention by name. People like the woman of Samaria, the woman with the issue of blood, a man with leprosy. Don't even get given a name. And yet they teach us so much. Today I'm going to speak about a mum who gets hardly a mention, even though her son's life completely changed the course of history. In fact, 
she's mentioned by name just twice in an ancestry line. I wonder if you know who she is. Her name is Jochebed. Now be really honest with me. Come on, we're in church. Be really honest. Who knows who Jochebed is? Can't see any hands raised. None of you know who Jochebed is. Come on. You should know. Let me give you some clues. See if this one helps. She's married to Amram. Anybody know now? She's from the tribe of Levi. Does that help? She's got three children. Two sons, one daughter. Still don't know? Okay, here's a better clue. She has a son called Aaron. She has a daughter called Miriam. And of course, she finally gets a son called Moses. <laughs> but her name, Jochebed, is barely mentioned. So let's look at the background to this broken situation. A few hundred years before we meet Jochebed, we meet a young man called Joseph who gets taken as a slave to Egypt, but through a miraculous series of events, he ends up as second in command to the mighty Pharaoh, rescues not just his family, but thousands of Egyptians too, during a time of famine. And after he and his family dies, descendants continue to grow. And in Exodus chapter 1, we read how a new Pharaoh gets very scared of the number of Israelite people living amongst his people. So he decides to come up with a plan to restrict their growth. Amongst the million or so Hebrews is one couple, Amran and Jochebed. Let's read about their story. I think it's going to come up on the screen for you. Exodus chapter 1, verse 22. Then Pharaoh gave this order to all his people. Throw every newborn, newborn Hebrew boy into the Nile River, but you may let the girls live. About this time, a man and woman from the tribe of Levi got married. The woman became pregnant and gave birth to a son. She saw that he was a special baby and kept him hidden for three months. But when she could no longer hide him, she got a basket made of papyrus reeds and waterproofed it with tar and pitch. She put the baby in the basket, laid it among the reeds along the bank of the Nile River. The baby's sister then stood at a distance, watching to see what would happen to him. Soon, Pharaoh's daughter came down to bathe in the river, and her attendants walked along the riverbank. When the princess saw the basket among the reeds, she sent her maid to get it for her. When the princess opened it, she saw the baby. The little boy was crying and she felt sorry for him. This must be one of the Hebrew children, she said. 
Then the baby's sister approached the princess. Should I go and find one of the Hebrew women to nurse the baby for you, she asked. Yes, do, the princess replied. So the girl went and called the baby's mother. Take this baby and nurse him for me, the princess told the baby's mother. I will pay you for your help. So the woman took her baby home and nursed him. Later, when the boy was older, his mother brought him back to Pharaoh's daughter, who adopted him as her son. The princess named him Moses, for she explained, I lifted him out of the water. Can you imagine, just for a moment, what it was like for this mum? She gets pregnant. She's heard the edict from Pharaoh, which says, if you have a boy, he must die. So for nine months, she carries this child inside of her, praying, I'm sure, like mad, God, make this a girl. God, make this a girl. And then she gives birth to a boy. This means a death sentence. This is a totally broken and hopeless situation. They're slaves and now they've had a son who can be, who's going to be killed. So what does Jochebed and her husband Amram do? They begin to exercise the faith that has been put into them by their forefathers. They came up with a plan, which we read about in Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 23. It says this, By faith, Moses' parents hid him for three months when he was born. They were not afraid to disobey the king's command. How did Jochebed feel? What kept her going? It was her faith that God had given her a special child. Some translations say an unusual child or no ordinary child. Somehow, faith has grown inside of her to believe this child is no accident. The fact this is a boy is no accident. God has a plan. So what is she to do? Well, you know she makes a basket, puts him in the reeds, bulrushes along the Nile. Uh, how dangerous was that? You know, some years ago, Ken and I were in Uganda and we flew in one of these small planes, which I have to say I hate. But we got up in this six-seater plane because we were trying to get to the north of Uganda. And the pilot said, I'm going to fly low along the Nile so that you can see the crocodiles. <laughs> and I remember she brought the plane down really low. and We were staring out the window looking to see if we could see a crocodile. And it was at that moment I thought, hold on a minute. Jochebed made a little basket, put her baby in the reeds and left that child for the crocodiles. 
I don't know whether there were crocodiles then, but whatever, it was a dangerous situation. But she entrusted that child by faith to God's care. And then what happens? Well, along comes Pharaoh's daughter, immediate danger. But God now gives Miriam, the sister, wisdom to know what to say. I wonder where that wisdom came from. And Jochebed ends up becoming nurse to her own child and even getting paid for the privilege. But our story about Jochebed ends a few verses later where she gives her son up to Pharaoh's daughter to be brought up in Pharaoh's palace and taught in all the ways of the Egyptians. Just imagine for a moment how she felt. Not only is she giving her child up, she's giving her child to the Egyptians who do not believe in her God. She's entrusting her child to this woman. You know, as I've mulled over this story, I've learned some lessons from this mum of faith that I hope we can learn from today. She was living in a totally broken situation, and yet she had amazing faith. Three lessons. Number one, by faith, Jochebed understood that God had a plan for her son's life. It says in Exodus 2.2, she saw that he was a special baby. Together in Hebrews, it says they saw that God had given them an unusual child. You know, Jochebed already had two children, Aaron and Miriam, but somehow when Moses was born, they seemed to, by faith, have been aware that God had a special plan for this son. So much so that they put their lives on the line to save him. You know, I can only conclude that because of their lives of prayer, of hope, of believing God's promise that one day he would raise up someone to rescue them, that when Moses was born, God spoke faith into their lives. You know, we never read that this couple did anything else. They're never mentioned again in the Exodus story. We hear about Moses' father-in-law, Jethro, never hear about his mum and dad again. And yet, without their faith and obedience to God, Moses could never have become the great deliverer that he was. What an amazing mother and father. Let me say to you today, who knows what God has got planned for your child's life? Do you think Billy Graham's parents had any idea about the child God had given them? They simply put him in the way of God. You know, I had a very godly pastor. I say had because he went to heaven yesterday. He was my pastor for 23 years and was a great friend, supported us in our ministry 
And uh, in fact, at Ken's funeral, he was not a happy man because he felt Ken had cheated him and got to heaven first. And so yesterday, I was just imagining as he walked into heaven, the two of them dancing together in God's presence. But you know, he always used to say to us, put your children in the way of God. Put your children in the way of God. His wife too gave me some amazing advice when I was pregnant with Hannah, my first. She said, seek God during these nine months and ask God for a verse that will hold you when life gets tough with your child. God did give me a verse, a very powerful verse that I'm seeing come to pass right at this moment. Put your children in the way of God. That's what Jochebed did. Your nation, like mine, needs young people and children who will grow up to be prophets in our land. Not make a prophet, but be prophets. In the USA, you've got generations of people who were born here and others who have emigrated here who are enslaved to sin. And they need to hear the voice of God speak to them. You, like I, have broken families in our nations. Just perhaps God has given you a special child, an unusual child, who he plans to use to further his kingdom and rescue people from darkness. What's your part? What's my part? The very day my girls were born, I knew my part was to pray, 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 and pray some more, and put them in the way of God and lead by example. That's what Jochebed did. She didn't have very long, but I think she did a pretty good job. Second thing I notice about Jochebed, this mum of faith, by faith she pushed Moses out in the basket and entrusted him to God's care. Do you remember that first day when you dropped your little one at the school gate and you said, off you go, but inside you were like, oh, hope they'll be all right, oh, oh, somebody else has got to look after them now. You know, my two girls are complete opposites. And Hannah was very excited about going to school. She was fine, no problem. Lois, well, that was a different kettle of fish. In fact, we had several days where she sobbed her heart out at the gate, particularly on swimming day. Never quite worked out why she hated swimming so much, but swimming day, she would sob. In fact, one day I had to take her to the school office and say, just take her off me. I can't get her into the gate. But I had to learn to entrust my girls to the care of the school, but far more than that, entrust them to God's care. In fact, when Lois was 18, she'd then become the real adventurous one, and she decided when she finished school, she was going to go to Uganda for two months. The mission and I can remember the day the four of us stood at the airport 
London Heathrow and said, off you go, Lois. Go on an adventure with God. And I gave her one piece of advice, but never get on one of those motorbikes in Uganda. You see, they use motorbikes as their taxi service there. And you jump on the back, no helmet, and you just grab on for dear life and hope for the best. So that was my one piece of advice. Do not get on a motorbike. She disobeyed me, but she lived to tell the tale. <laughs> but that day, I really did have to push her out in the basket and entrust her to God's care. How do you think Jochebed felt as she let Moses go off in that basket? How did she do it? She did it by faith. Perhaps your child or teenager has come to you with a dream. They've heard God speak to them. And they've said to you, do you know what God said to me about my future? And inside you shudder because that wasn't your plan. Listen, let me tell you, God's always got a better plan. He's always got the best plan. Let me tell you, when your child comes to you with what they feel God has said, then speak to God about it. And by faith, push the basket out into the water and watch what God will do. My oldest daughter, Hannah, was really good at languages at school and when she got into the final year, she applied to a London university, went off for her interview, and she was going to study French and German. And she came back from her interview, and we said to her, how did it go? She said, oh, I got a place. But I think I should take a gap year when I finish school and come on the internship program at the church. Well, we were pretty happy about that program. We weren't going to complain. Well, that was 17 years ago. She's still on her gap year. <laughs> Actually, she's the pastor now. And um, I remember her saying to us after a couple of years, she said, you remember when I went for that interview? She said, I never told you at the time, but she said, as I turned round and walked out of the university, God stopped me and said, you'll never come here. I've got a greater plan. And so she said, I've walked into that plan. And I encouraged her all the way. So by faith, let your children go out into the basket. And then what else did Jochebed do? By faith, she taught Moses in the few years she had who her God was and the fact that their nation was special. How do I know that? Well, you know, Exodus 2.11 says this. Many years later, when Moses had grown up, he went out to visit his own people. He'd been living with Pharaoh's daughter for many years. But it says he came to visit his own people. Later on in the story, when he meets Zipporah, his wife, it says she recognizes him as an Egyptian. But Moses is in no doubt who he really is. 
And then we come to chapter 3 of Exodus, and Moses has an encounter with God at the burning bush. How could he recognize God's voice and know that where he was standing was holy ground? Only with those early years of grounding from Jochebed. He had spent many years in the ungodly environment in Egypt with its multiplicity of gods, and yet he can still hear the voice of Yahweh speak to him and call him to the ministry that he's been preparing him for. You know, for some of you here today, you spent years teaching your children to hear God's voice. But you've had to let them go out into their Egypt. And perhaps for some of you, you look and your children, they've gone into their Egypt and they've actually wandered away from God. Don't forget, Moses, in the middle of the story, committed murder. But today, let me encourage you, by faith, believe for the day when they will hear his voice speak to them again. Who knows what God has planned? I heard an amazing story of a pastor in California who had three children. He taught them all to love Jesus. He prayed over them. He'd put them in the way of God, and yet only two served Jesus. And he was always disappointed at the one son that turned away from God, didn't want to know. And he lived into his 80s and then he died. And still his son hadn't found Jesus. And then one day, not very long after his funeral, that son in his 60s was driving along the highway and he just turned the radio on and he heard this song. Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me. The Bible tells me so. At that moment, God broke into that man's life, burst into tears, pulled off the highway, surrendered his life to Jesus. And the prayers for all those 60-something years were finally answered as that man surrendered to Jesus. Never give up. God can redeem any situation and turn it for his glory. So as we conclude today, these are the things I really notice about Jochebed that I hope will encourage you today. Jochebed had no doubt that God could be counted on to keep his promise of freedom for her nation. She had no doubt in God's promise. And I come to you today and I say to you, I have no doubts in God's promise. Despite my last eight months, I still hold on and know God's promises never fall to the ground. Secondly, Jochebed almost certainly never saw the fulfillment of her faith. After all, her son was 80 when he became the deliverer. So I'm not sure she was even still alive when he delivered the slaves out of Egypt. I certainly never read about her again. I also noticed that 
because of her faith, a whole nation was rescued. Just take that in for a moment. Because of one woman's faith, a whole nation was rescued. Listen, there's even greater news. Because of her faith, we've been rescued. Yes, this is our story too. This wasn't just Moses' story and the Jewish nation's story. This is our story too. Let me ask you, what can be produced in the life of your child and the generations to come because of your faith? As I told you at the beginning, just 10 of us in our family, all passionate for Jesus. But you know, it wasn't like that in the history of our family. But one day, God got hold of my dad, transformed his life, got hold of my mum, transformed her life. And together, they began to pray over their two daughters. And the rest is history. Because of their faith... I'm here because of their faith. They have four grandchildren who love Jesus passionately. My oldest daughter's a pastor in our church. My next daughter and her husband are helping to plant a brand new church there in Wales. My niece is a youth leader in the church, a church plant near where she lives. My nephew. He decided to come and live with me when Ken went to heaven. He's a musician, but he is so passionately in love with Jesus that as I left on Friday, he came into the kitchen. He said, Auntie, before you go, let me pray over you. 20-year-old, laying hands on me, praying over me, the blessing of God as I came here today. You know, there's brokenness back in my family in the generations before. But it doesn't matter how broken your family may be or how perhaps seemingly perfect it is. God has a plan which by faith you can pray into. As I finish today, I noted one last thing about Jochebed. You remember I said to you, she never gets a mention again. In fact, she's hardly mentioned by name. None of you knew who she was. But do you know what her name means? God's glory. That's why we don't know much about her. Because it wasn't about her. It's never about us. It's about him getting the glory. She never got the glory. He got the glory and he still gets the glory every day. Somebody is rescued from the kingdom of darkness and brought into the kingdom of light. Listen, you may never get the glory for what you've prayed into your children, but he will get the glory every time God uses your child to win somebody from darkness and bring them into the light. I trust God will encourage you today to believe by faith for every child and young person that you have the influence over. God bless you.
Praise God. Come on, one more time for Christine. You know, I believe that this is more than just a Mother's Day message. It's a message to the church. It's a message to every one of you who are parents here or grandparents. It's a message that says we need to be praying and moving our children a little closer to Jesus. That it is that we come before God and say, God, we can't do this on our own. We mess up on our own. But God, will you help us from this day with all the children and grandchildren under our eye and under our care. Oh God, we want to move them a little nearer to you. You know, many, many parents are looking to get their children through school and on to uh, college or university or to get them into some great job. And, uh, and we can get our minds on all that and forget that we need to be moving them a little nearer to Jesus because his will for their lives is better than our plan for their lives. He knows what he's doing. And there are parents here today, and maybe you're crying out for your children. They may be wandering away from God right now. Maybe that you are in a situation where you're saying, I, I, my, my family is just broke up. And I, I want you to know that God is concerned about that. And, and what he wants you to do is to just come before him honestly and say, God, this is where we're at. This is our need. This is the moment we need you. And we move our children a little nearer to you today. That God, you will get all the glory. I love that at the end. God got all the glory. And, and this morning as we gathered together, if you're a mom here or a dad here and you're saying, oh, I, I need God to help me as I seek to pray and move my children a little nearer to Jesus so that I'm looking more to them having a great education and going on to great jobs and all the rest of the stuff more than anything else I want them to walk with Jesus if that's you I want to pray for you before you go and you're saying pastor pray for my child pray for me as I seek God and I'll ask him also to move my child a little nearer to him if that's you just stand where you are right now I want to pray with you uh, and with your children that's right don't be afraid God God is here God wants to help you I know there's brokenness out here I know there's sadness out here this morning but the fact is that God wants to come near he wants to heal wounds he wants to come and take your broken heart and say it's going to be all right. And I'm praying for you, family, I'm praying for you. Every day I'm praying. God will help you. Now, Father, I bow before you and I pray in the name of Jesus that you will be the one that will come and heal broken hearts and mend broken lives. I pray, Lord, for everyone who's on their feet here today, that they will know that you care about their children and grandchildren more than they do. But, Lord, they're asking you this morning to move their children and grandchildren and family a little nearer you. And, Lord God, they will give you all the glory and all the praise. We pray that you will help us as we seek to bring up our children and our grandchildren in the fear and nurture of the Lord. 
grant, Lord God, that there will be great glory that will come to your name as we see our children walking with you, our grandchildren walking with you. We ask it for your praise and glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let's all stand right now, if you will. Now, actually, you know, the, the, uh, the truck that's out on the um, parking lot, what did you call it? The runaway rack. It's runaway right to our parking lot. You know, it's for you guys who forgot to buy your wife a Mother's Day gift. All right, you can go in there and they've got a whole racks of clothes. Take your wife in there and bless her before you leave this morning. And don't forget, mums, there's a little gift for you as you go out through the doors. Don't forget there's a coffee for everyone if you want to get a coffee, a special coffee, flavored coffee. Go and get one at the connecting point. Um, but right now, let me bless you as you go into your day. Have a great Mother's Day today, mums. Be blessed. And, and if the guys don't treat you good, if you don't get blessed, come and tell me, and I'll come and break their legs, all right? All right, come on. Lord Jesus, I pray your blessing on every family here today. I pray that you will go with us into the day and make it a great day for mums. And grant, Lord Jesus, again, you will get all the glory and the praise. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. God bless you.